0: So glad you're here today. God bless you for coming. Thank you for coming to church. Thank you so very much. We, we, especially in this season which we're living in, we don't take church attendance lightly. So thank you so very much for coming to church. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse number 37. Acts chapter 2. Uh, We do have several of our staff that if uh, either family members have tested positive for COVID or they themselves have tested positive for COVID. Uh, Several of our worship team have tested positive for COVID. So we're working through all of that um, and making the necessary adjustments. We closed our offices down this past week um, just for a few days just to make sure we kept everything at bay. Um, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be making decisions. This is a fluid situation. As you understand, it's your work and your home, uh, so we'll, we'll keep the church family abreast of exactly where we are. As of right now, Sunday services are going to go as scheduled. Uh, we've canceled uh, last Wednesday night youth services, and this Wednesday night youth services are canceled because we've had a run of COVID amongst our young people. And uh, so... Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult season. Everybody that we know of in the church, none of them are experiencing any severe symptoms. But just getting a positive test puts everybody on edge, and we have to quarantine. You understand that. In fact, most people, they're not complaining about the symptoms because some of them don't even know they have it unless they just got a positive test. And uh, so most of what they're complaining about is being quarantined. They have to stay put and separated, and isolated, and they don't like that. And I can understand that completely. So just be in prayer. Keep yourself safe. Keep yourself safe. Maybe everybody who thought this was a scam, thought this was a political stunt early on, maybe they're starting to realize this thing is real. In fact, I've had four friends who've died from COVID. Four. One died this past week. Four friends who have died from COVID. So this is not a scam this is not a political stunt. This is a real virus that affects some people terribly. Other people don't even know they have it. So uh, just keep yourself safe. Follow the proper guidelines. And be, be, be Christ-like more than anything else. All right, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 verse 37. Acts 2 verse 37. Let me set this up. The apostle Peter is, has just preached a message Uh, It was the day of Pentecost, and 120 people had this supernatural encounter where they encountered the Spirit of God. And God came upon them in such a way, filled them with His Spirit, that they began speaking in languages they had never learned. News spread throughout the whole city that that was taking place, and hundreds and thousands of people come to see this phenomenal event taking place. And they began asking what this means, what is this all about, how did they learn to speak these languages that they didn't learn as children or they'd never been taught in in school, how did they uh, learn these languages. So, uh, do we not have a nursery today? Okay. So, um, uh, uh, So now Peter comes and he begins to preach. He begins to tell them exactly what is taking place. And then uh, he's finished his message. He says, this is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is prophesied by Joel. And now he begins to tell them what has taken place. And this is their response. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Verse 38. Peter replied, each one of you, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Verse 40. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, Save yourself from this crooked generation. Verse 41. Look at verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Verse 44. And all the believers met together, in one place, and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. On Sunday mornings, I've been teaching on the subject of seven reasons why I need my local church during COVID. Seven reasons why I need my local church during COVID. This year I turned in I turned sixty-two in just about four months I'll be sixty-three years old. I've never seen things that are happening in America today like I'm seeing today. I've never seen the culture so godless. In my 63 years. Like I see it today. I've never seen violence in the streets. Like I see it today. I've never seen. Ungodliness. Categorized as good. And godliness. Categorized as extreme. The Bible says in the last days. There's going to come a day. Where people call good. Not good. And not good, good. And we're living in that day. We're living in that day. So I want you to understand, this is the season the local church is needed now more than any other time. The local church must be that safe place where love, truth, and compassion is found and demonstrated. The local church must be the one place in the community where the color of your skin and the size of your bank account or the degrees attached to your resume, does not determine your value. Let me repeat that. Read it with me. The local church must be the one place in the community where the color of your skin, the size of your bank account, or the uh, degrees attached to your resume does not determine your value. The local church should be the place that remains consistent and holy regardless of the shifting trends of culture. We need our local church more than any other time. But I want you to understand, the local church is not an entity that stands on its own. This local church is not paid for or controlled by some organization in some other city. This local church is only as sufficient and as effective as the people who faithfully attend this local church. We we do not have a huge benefactor uh, financial pool. We do not have endowments setting back like Vanderbilt University with over a billion dollars in endowments. We don't have that. We don't have large benefactors who've left this church money. We have nothing like that. This church is only as effective in helping people and sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as our people are faithful and committed to its mission and its purpose. And it's right now, if, if you've just watched social media, you see some states in our United States of America are starting to get very aggressive about churches. And they're starting to tell churches, they're starting for the first time in the history of our nation, starting to tell churches, you can't meet, cutting off their electricity, cutting off their utilities to keep them from meeting. Do you not understand, saints, this is just the beginning of what's going to happen in the days to come. In fact, right now, they're testing the waters to see how far we'll push this and how far the sheep will follow a bad shepherd. That's exactly what they're doing. It's time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to become the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? And we must be Christians, and we must be godly, and it's this is the most important time in the season of our church. This right here. Listen to what he said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. God can be trusted to keep his promise. Hebrews 10, 23, 24, 25, verse 24. Let us think of ways to, to, uh, to motivate one another. To acts of love and good works. Then he tells us, think of ways to motivate. He says, Bubba, think of ways to motivate your family. He's saying, he's saying Amanda, think of ways to motivate people set in your section. Brother Berlin, he's saying, think of ways to motivate people you work with. He's saying, he's saying to all of us, think of ways. Think of ways to motivate. This is a, this is a, a commandment. This is a, uh, the Lord is giving us a directive. In these last days. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's not just talking to some general something that nobody pays attention. He's talking to us individually. He says, you have family members. I have family members. You have neighbors. I have neighbors who are going to get caught up in this deception. They love Jesus. They were part of the church at one time, but now they've fallen away or they got busy or life got in the way or they got offended or something hurt them or they moved and never got plugged back into a local church or their job shifted or, or maybe their work is now requiring them to work on weekends. And now they're back off on weekends, but they've never got plugged into a local church. He says, find ways to motivate them to hook back up because these are dangerous times. And notice what he said one of the first things we need to encourage people to do. Verse number 25, let us not neglect our meeting together. That phrase, neglect, let us not neglect, means to leave behind. Don't leave it behind. He's not saying you don't love Jesus. He's not saying that Christians aren't good people. He's not saying you're not living a good life. He's just saying other things have taken priority other than gathering for worship service. And he says don't leave that behind. He's not saying stop doing all your fun stuff. He's not saying stop doing recreation. He's not saying stop going here and taking vacations and taking this trip. He's not saying any of that. He's saying when you do all of that, don't let that become the priority of your life and leave church attendance behind. Motivate people to find ways not to leave their worship gathering behind. So on Sunday mornings, we've been... My way to try to motivate our church family is to give you seven reasons why you need to be at church. Not to fuss at anybody. You know I haven't fussed at anybody. I don't never call people and say, why wasn't you there? Uh, I just don't do that. That's not That's not the way the Holy Spirit works. But I think if if you're sensitive and if you get a good some good ammunition in your life when satan tries to come with an excuse if you've got good ammunition you can repel his attacks so seven reasons why i want to be at church seven reasons why i want to be at church number 1 in my local church i experience the special presence of jesus with my church family look at matthew chapter 18 verse 20 matthew 18:20 For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Notice, when we show up, Jesus shows up. When we show up, Jesus shows up. Okay, who here has a, who's struggling, somebody's struggling with their shoulders. Your shoulders. There's a lot of, the Spirit of God just said to me to pray for somebody that's struggling with their shoulders. Who is it? Come over here. All right. All right. Tell, tell me what's happened, what's happened to you. I guess during the Nissan, I've guess I had rotator issues since playing ball years uh-huh before. And now they're all, it's a landscaping work. Yeah. Now I've got a, a, a toe tear in there. And you a got time. a tear in I'm your, surgery, you, August you got surgery. Now we hadn't, we, I didn't know about this. We, you hadn't told me this, yeah, have you? Yeah. No. So you're in pain? Uh, it's mostly at night now. Yeah, at night? The full tear. It's, right. I'm still most but you're pain. having surgery in August. Yep. In the name of Jesus, Father, I'm asking you to touch him now. I'm asking you to touch him supernaturally. And when they go in there to do this surgery, Lord, let them accomplish what they need to do and not even need to do some of the things they were planning on doing because your healing power is working greatly in him. And I thank you for it. I thank you for the gifts of the Spirit, the word of knowledge. I thank you for that. And I thank you for healing power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? What's wrong with you? You have a torn labrum. Okay. When did you had that? When did that happen? I want to say about a year. I go. And does it hurt? It does. You know when I I I, t- I messed up my shoulder. And I told my grandmother, it hurt. She said, when does it hurt? I said, it hurts when I throw. She said, well, stop throwing. So uh, uh, that was her counsel to me. I'm going I'm to help you a little better than that. Father, I thank you for the courage of this young man to stand up in, in this crowd and say he's hurting. And I'm asking you to touch him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, healing anointing, to go into his body. And he's going to see a remarkable change. Where it was sore, that soreness is going to diminish. Where there was pain, it's going to begin to decrease because the healing anointing is working in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What's your name? Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? When we come together as a church family, why it's so important to come together? Because we get to experience the special presence of Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Just like what happened. Where the spirit of God. Will witness. To a man or woman of God and say. Pray for this person right now. Knowing the spirit of God knows. That whoever he wants to use at that moment. Will not see that person maybe for a month. This is their moment. To receive because God loves us so much. And you can only experience that. When the church body comes together, that's the special presence of the Lord. The special presence of the Lord. He said, He said, where two or three are gathered together as my followers, Jesus said, I am there. That happens when God's people come together. And we should expect it. Number two, in my local church, I find a consistency of teaching and preaching that makes disciples. Go back to Acts chapter 2. How many brought your Bibles? Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Notice the first thing that happened when these people got saved, born again, and baptized in water. Notice the very first thing they did. Notice the first priority of their life from that moment on. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why do we need our local church? We need our local church because in the local church, there is a consistent teaching and preaching that makes disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, why is it so important to be a part of a local church? At our local church, I experienced the benefit of united worship. I'm, I'm just amazed every week when I hear these guys worship how... You and I can come in here and we can kind of be lethargic. We can be tired. We can have our mind on other things. Uh, And we come in and they stir our hearts to worship. And when we all begin to worship, there becomes an energy in this room. There's an energy in this room. The anointing of God, the presence of God. Why? Because when we come to worship, the Lord shows up. Look what it says in Psalm chapter 22. Turn over to Psalm chapter 22 verse 3. One of my favorite verses on worship. It says, "Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel." One translation says when we praise God, we create a seat and he comes and sits in that seat. So, when we come together to worship, the presence of the Lord shows up. Number 4, seven reasons why I need my local church during COVID. Seven reasons. Number four, I experienced the power of united prayer. Turn with me to James chapter 5. Turn over to James chapter 5, verse number 16. James chapter 5, verse number 16. Notice what it says. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. Healed. That you may be healed. Church, we need, if never before, you and I need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in the Lord who are struggling with this virus. This thing is from hell. And it's trying to destroy our nation. It's trying to destroy our economy. It's trying to destroy churches. It's trying to destroy families. I have family friends. I have family friends who uh, the son called me. Several weeks ago, from the hospital, in another city, he called me. He said, Pastor, pray for me. And I said, okay, what's up? He says, I'm in the hospital with COVID. He's 41. He said, I'm in the hospital with COVID. I said, okay, I'll pray. How are you doing? He said, I'm doing all right. I've had a little struggle breathing, but I'm in the hospital. And they think I'm going to be okay. I'm, I'm getting a little better every day. I said, okay, great. I'll pray for you. I prayed with him right there on the phone. And I said, and I'll be praying. He said, wait, before you hang up, I want you to pray for my mom. I said, what's wrong with your mom? He said, she's in the room down the hall. I said, what's wrong with her? He said, she's got COVID. And she's not doing good, Pastor. My heart sank. Here's a young man. His mom's down the hall with COVID. He's got COVID. And I said, well, yeah, I'll be praying for her. I didn't know her first name. I said, tell me her first name. And, uh. He told me, he said, Pastor, before you hang up, I need you to pray for one more person. I said, okay. Who do you want me to pray for? He said, my dad. I said, what's wrong with your dad? He says, he's got COVID. I said, where's he at? He says, he's in the ICU on the next floor up. So here's a 41-year-old young man. His mom's down the hall. He's got COVID. His mom's down the hall with COVID. His dad's in the ICU on the next floor up with COVID. That weekend, his dad died with COVID. Two days later, his mom died with COVID. And he wasn't able to go to either funeral because he's in the hospital with COVID. This thing is real. Don't fall prey to all this social media garbage that tells you that this is a political stunt. This thing is from hell that's come to steal people's lives, steal their money, and destroy people's existence. And it's time the church of the Lord Jesus Christ stand up. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven, heal, forgive their sins, and heal their land. Confess your faults to one another. Pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. Our prayer life is desperately needed right now. For this situation we're in. And when we come to church as a body of believers. We gather together with united prayer. And you say what's important about united prayer? Well the Bible says if one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand to flight. There's something that supernaturally multiplies. Our supernatural spiritual power. Our prayer power. When two people come in agreement. Jesus said it this way. If you ask if you come, if you agree on anything as touching anything, if you agree as touching anything on earth, the Father will do for for you in heaven. He'll do it for you. The power of agreement, the power of united prayer, multiplies spiritual power in the unseen realm to do effective warfare in the seen realm. We must pray as a church family. We must pray as a church family. Number five. Number five, where am I at in my notes here? Number five, in my local church, I experience fulfilling fellowship. Why do I need my church? Why do I need my church family during COVID? Well, number one, in my local church, I experience the special presence of Jesus. Number two, in my local church, I find a consistency of teaching and preaching that makes disciples. Number three, I experience the benefits of united worship. Number four, I experience the power of united prayer. And in number five, in my local church, I experience fulfilling fellowship. One of the most important purposes of a healthy local church is to connect believers to one another in fellowship. Listen to me now. One of the most, one of the most important purposes of a local church is to connect people in fellowship. Listen to what the Word says. Let me prove it to you from the Bible. Go back to Acts chapter 2. We read it. We read it at the beginning. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to what? Fellowship. Notice, they devoted themselves to fellowship. They just didn't... Notice they didn't say... Notice it didn't stop and just say, Well, all the believers uh, like to go here teaching. It says they devoted themselves to teaching and... To fellowship. It's not either or, it's both. One of the great benefits of a strong, local, healthy local church is. Fellowship, well, you know, I just, I just like to go, sit in the corner, don't get involved, just hear some good teaching and go home and don't bother nobody. Nobody bothers me. Well, there might come a time in our life to do that. There might come a season in our life that we need a break. There might come a time where we've been hurt or we've been injured and we just need to get healed up for a little bit. But you cannot grow effectively long term if you're not connected to a body of believers. And that is not God's plan. The model that we have for local church and our involvement is to be devoted to teaching and be devoted to fellowship. You know, I go to church not for what I can receive, but what for what I can give. Honestly, I can receive any day of the week through social media. I can receive this morning, I was up at three o 'clock praying. and and watching uh, social media uh, messages, preaching messages. Three o'clock this morning, I can receive that in the middle of the night. I can receive that on Monday. I can receive that on Thursday. I can receive that in the morning. I can receive it in the afternoon. I can wake up early in the morning. I can stay up late at night. I can get good preaching, good teaching anywhere, all over live stream, all over the uh, social media. It's wonderful and it's great, but I can't get hanging out with you and you sharpening me and me sharpening you. I can't get somebody in agreement with me at three o'clock in the morning to pray for me and to listen to my concern and my challenge. I can't that happens when we're in community with one another. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the teaching and to fellowship with one another. I can spend a few minutes with folks listening to them and know exactly the people they are hanging around. Nearly. You say, why is community so important? Why is being a part of a Christian church so important? Why? Because nearly every change that occurs in our life, for better or worse, comes by way of relationships. Every change that occurs in our life, for better or worse, comes by way of relationships. The people we associate with will either pull us up toward positive transformation or pull us down toward negative patterns of thinking and behavior. I like to say it this way. Listen to this. Listen. If you don't hear anything else, listen to this. You show me your friends, I will show you your future. You show me your friends, I will show you your future. If we're going to live a life of positive transformation, we need to find people for fellowship who are going the direction of change we desire for our lives. We will become who we hang around. We become who we hang around. I find people who've gotten out of church, they've started hanging around people who church is not a uh, priority for their life. We talk about it all the time. We've raised, many of you've raised teenagers just like I raised teenagers. And you could see it on your kid's face. Whoever they was hanging around, they'd start to emulate their behavior and their attitude. Well, I want you to know the same holds true for adults. The same holds true for you show me your friends friends, and I'll show you your future. That's why it's so important as believers, we hang around Christian believers. We're connected to a body of believers where our faith helps one another's faith to grow and to expand. But here's the challenge. Here's the chat. It sounds great. Well, we're going to have fellowship. We're going to, have a, we're going to get together. We're going to hang out together. We're going to be in a small group together. We worship together. We're in the worship team together. We're in the choir together. We're, we, we, we go on this outing together. We do the, it sounds wonderful. It sounds great. It sounds jovial. It sounds, it sounds fun. It sounds fulfilling. But here's the problem. It's hard work to get along with people. It's hard work. People can be a pain. Can I get an amen in the house? It's wonderful. It's wonderful to talk about it in concept. It's wonderful to talk about it in theory. But it takes faith to walk out fellowship with people. Being in fellowship is a choice we make by faith, not by feeling. Because if you are offendable, you will be offended. If you are offendable, somebody will do something, say something, wear something, make a look at you you don't like, not speak to you when you thought they should have, get your park in place, wear a mask when you're not for a mask, not wear a mask when you're for a mask. If you are offendable, you will be offended and it'll happen in the church house. So you and I must understand that although fellowship is a priority for wanting to be a part of a church, it's a hard thing to develop. And I've learned something. My fellowship with other people is not about their behavior. It's about my behavior. There might be some people who don't want to fellowship with me, and that's fine. That's great. But that's their decision. It's not my decision. Okay. If they want to fellowship with me, wonderful. If they don't want to fellowship with me, that's wonderful as well. But I'm not going to put up a wall that I keep people out of my life because I need them to become everything God wants me to be. And I've heard it a million times. Well, I got hurt at that church. Well, they didn't do me right. Or they treated me wrong. Or they didn't give me an opportunity. Or they overlooked me. I've heard that a million times. Can I say something to you? There's some people watching me live stream. And, I, and, and you're sitting at home and you're watching. And you're not at church today because somebody hurt you. Somebody said something to you. Somebody did you wrong. And I understand that. Amanda and I have experienced that. Can I tell you something though? Grow up. Grow up. When we stand before a holy God... Do you think that excuse, they hurt my feelings, is going to really count? When he gave his life for you on the cross of Calvary, they killed him, they crucified him, they tortured him. And you got your feelings hurt and you're not going to church? Grow up. This is the time to grow up. This is Satan's attack to keep us from achieving and accomplishing everything God's called us to accomplish. The local church is the place. It's the place you need to be right now in this season in which we're living. Developing fellowship is hard work. It takes faith. It takes diligence. The local church. Turn with me me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Look at this. Matthew chapter 28, look at this, verse 19. Notice what Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you were raised in the, in the uh, Baptist church, uh, you, you heard this scripture, and I love the Baptist church. They drilled this one in to people. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. Notice what he says, Go and make disciples of all nations. That word nations, in the original language in which the Bible was written, the New Testament Greek, that word nations, comes from the word ethnos, which literally means ethnicity. We get our word ethnicity. 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 So literally what he's saying, the body of Christ is made up of folks from every tribe, every tongue, and every ethnic race. The love of God, listen, the love of God is not limited by borders or colors. Okay? The local church the local church should reflect the type of people in its community. If the local church doesn't resemble its ethnic community makeup, it's not a healthy church. It's a club. Okay? The local church should reflect the type of people in its community. If the local church does not resemble its ethnic community makeup, it's not a healthy church. It's a club. So Well, you know, they got people that don't come from my culture. Well, it don't make any difference. We're the redeemed of the Lord. That's what we are first now as children of God. So during COVID, we've got to make some hard decisions to make fellowship a priority, a strategic priority, even though we have to follow certain distancing guidelines. And so many right now, I see they are using COVID as an excuse to stay away. I understand that. We must be careful. We must follow the guidelines. That requires us as Christians who honor fellowship to become very strategic. How we can hang out and fellowship with one another and continue to grow and be a blessing with one another, but also maintain proper guidelines. And we can do it. We can do it. The Lord will give us ideas and creative ways and methods to be able to maintain our fellowship with one another, but at the same time, maintain CDC guidelines. Seven reasons why I need my local church. In my local church, I experience the special presence of Jesus with my church family. Number two, in my local church, I find the consistency of teaching and preaching that makes disciples. Number 3 I experienced the benefits of united worship. Number 4 I experienced the power of united prayer. Number 5 in my local church I experienced fulfilling fellowship. Do you realize I need you? Do you realize I need you? I'm here I'm here every day. I'm here every day. I was here yesterday. When nobody else, when nobody else on this campus yesterday. I was here for 2 or 3 hours yesterday afternoon. I'm here every day it's not the same without you. I walked in here and was praying yesterday. It was me and a frog. A frog got in my door. So it was me and him. I said, well, where two or three are gathered in their name. Hang out with me here, buddy. We'll just pray all we can. And it was nice, quiet. I, I'm here every day. Many times I'll come in here and I'll just pray in the dark. I'll lay down here on the floor and I'll pray. And it's great and it's wonderful. And that's what I do as a pastor. But it's not the same without you. I need you. And you need me. We need one another. Fulfilling fellowship. Number six. This is important. Hang with me. i got three minutes. In my local church, proper attention is given... Proper attention is given to sacred unions and sacraments. Look at Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. Most people don't even think about this. Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and he's joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's the illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Today, marriage is often not viewed as a spiritual union but a simple legal contract issued by secular government. Yeah. Marriage, holy marriage, is, is considered old oh, fogey, oh timey, not with it today. Marriage is considered by so many. This is just a contract, a legal contract implemented by a secular government. I want you to know The government didn't create marriage. God created marriage. And regardless of how little or how important they want it to be, God still says it's a holy institution. And it will not be promoted as a holy institution by the media. And it's not promoted as a holy institution by government. It's not promoted as a holy institution by our education system. Marriage is only promoted as a holy institution in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to know why our kids are rioting in the streets. And we want to know why, why families are or things have turned so sour like they have in the United States and America. It all goes down back to the breakdown of the family. The Bible says real revival comes, you check it out, the last verse in the Old Testament. Real revival comes when God will turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the hearts of the children back to their fathers, and that's when real revival will come. When the family gets, starts to get whole, when the family starts to repent and be restored, that's when revival comes to a nation according to the Word of God. According to the Word of God. And it's the local church that still gives the emphasis and priority To holy marriage. The local church. In fact. Turn with me. Let me give you a scripture. To prove what I'm talking about. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4. Notice what the Lord says. Give honor to marriage. And remain faithful to one another. In marriage. Give honor to marriage. And remain faithful to one another. In marriage. Give honor to marriage. Amanda and I have been married 40 years this year. We've been married 40. We just passed 40 years. There's been, in these 40 years, there's been some tough spots. There have been some bad months. There have been some tedious moments. There have been some hurtful, painful moments. You don't stay married 40 years without going through some deep waters. You don't stay married 40 years without having some battle scars. I've got them on my back to prove that. Not most people, not most husbands are as humble and take a a direction from authority like I do. You have to learn to do that to stay married to a pretty girl for 40 years. All of us have difficulties, all marriages have problems. And there have been moments, I'll be honest with you, in these 40 years. That I've entertained the thought, let's just let's just forget this. Pastor, you think that? I used to think that. I'm scared to think that now. She'll kill me. But I used to think that. I used to think that. I just, let's just forget this. this. We were growing up together. I was 22 and she was 19. We were kids when we got married. And we were selfish and fussing and fighting and hollering at one another. And I was huddled up in a corner, scared, and she was hollering. She even threw Briar's ice cream at me one time. One of the worst days in my life. She got mad at me and threw a, a bowl of Briar's ice cream at me, and our little uh, schnauzer was licking it up off the floor. I thought this is the this is not what God led me to do. And there have been moments in our relationship over the years that I said, "Let's just." I thought, "Let's just forget this." Well, why didn't you? Because I honor the institution of marriage. Give honor to marriage. The Bible says that word "honor" means, in the original language, it means it's precious, it's valuable, it's important. See if my relationship is only dependent upon what she can do to stimulate my flesh, if our marriage is only as important as what she can do to make me happy, I hear this all the time, well, I'm just not happy anymore. (laughs) So what? I'm not happy a lot of the times, but that don't mean I throw away everything that's precious. I'm not happy with my kids, but I don't. I felt like aborting a couple of my adult children, my two adults. But I just don't do it. I don't do it. Just because they don't make me happy doesn't mean I get rid of them. Just because I'm going through a bad season in my relationship with my wife doesn't mean I... Why? Because I honor the institution. Give honor to marriage. Make it precious. It's important. It's invaluable. That word honor means valuable and precious. The Lord says, give honor to marriage. There's been times that my flesh has been tempted to be unfaithful. Over our 40 years, there have been times I've been tempted to be unfaithful. When I was traveling the roads every week in ministry, I was tempted. In ministry, I was tempted to be unfaithful. I'm going to tell you things. I'll, I'll be honest with you. The other preachers won't tell you. When I was in a hotel every night and hadn't seen my family in a week and I was out preaching and I had no accountability, there was moments that I was tempted to be unfaithful. What kept me in the straight and narrow, I honored the institution of my marriage. I honored. If it was just a contract, no big deal. If it's just something that we just got together and we like one another and this works for taxes, it's no big deal. Then why don't used to be faithful, but when you honor. Marriage, when you give it priority, when you understand the union itself is sacred, and a holy God looked down on these two young people and put his stamp of approval on them and said, I called you, I created you to be his helpmate, I created you to be her helpmate, and that's the way it's supposed to be. When you understand that, that will get you through some tough seasons of life. And the only place you'll hear that emphasized is in your local church. Pass these billboards, $99 divorce. Get a divorce for $99. Is that what, is that what the institution of marriage's value is, $99? That's not what the Word says. But the only place you'll hear that, the only way where your children will hear that is in the local church. The Lord's Supper, water, water baptism. Where did all that start? Where did all that start? Those, those sacraments of the church that have lasted for thousands of years, that regardless of where you go all over the world, regardless of what country you're in, regardless of what uh, time zone you're in, regardless of what culture you're in, they will, they will all, all Christians will practice water baptism and the Lord's Supper. Only place that's ever known to be happened is in the local church. It's not not promoted in our educational institutions. It's not promoted in our government. It's not promoted by the media. It's only in the local church. That's why we need our local church. And then finally, number seven. The seventh reason why I need a local church during this season of COVID. My local church is where I find spiritual covering and accountability. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24... They asked him, they said, tell us when the end of times coming. What is the signs of the, the end of time? And he goes through a whole litany of signs. He lists them there in Matthew 24. But the first sign he mentions is the sign of deception. He said before he comes back, there's going to be a great deception that's going to happen on planet Earth. We're in that deception now. We're in that deception. Christians are are doing things, taking part in things that they never would have taken part in 10 years ago, 20 years ago. They're deceived. Good people that are deceived. In your local church, you'll hear the truth. In your local church, culture stays outside the door and we stick with the incorruptible, infallible Word of God. It was, if it was wrong in Jesus' day, it's wrong today. If it was acceptable to God in Jesus' day, it's acceptable to God today. And you'll only find that in the local church. Stand with me, would you? You might be here today and and you've gotten away from the Lord. You've just, life interrupted you life interrupted you. You're a good person. You know you're good. We know you're good. People know you're good. Your family knows you're good. You're good people. You love Jesus. But life just got in the way. Work, business. Something just happened and suddenly you just left church behind. You just left it behind. You didn't mean to. It wasn't nothing intentional. You hadn't turned your back on God. You just left things behind. And the Holy Spirit's telling you during this season, get connected. Get connected. Come back. That's the Holy Spirit. Don't take that lightly. That's the Spirit of God pulling at you. Something on the inside tells you this something's just telling you. In that quiet, non-condemning, but that urging, get back. That's the Holy Spirit pulling you back. I want to pray for you right now father in the name of jesus i pray for the people watching us by live stream i pray for people in this room that have allowed life just to interfere with their community of faith and i'm asking you to bring them back in jesus name they're here today they're hungry and i'm asking you to pull their hearts back to you in the name of jesus to some of us, that means we're going to, have to say no to some things. Give us the courage to say no to some things and get back where we need to be. Now, Father, I pray for this wonderful church family. I pray that no evil shall befall them. I pray no plague can come nigh them. I pray the angels of God encamp about them to keep them in all their ways. I speak to this virus to stay f- away from our ch- houses. Stay away from our children and our grandchildren in Jesus' name. No terror, no terrorist. Protect us, Lord Jesus. I pray for our children who are in school. I pray that you protect them. I pray for our educators. I pray for our teachers in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I finally pray for our church. I pray that you'd protect our church. There are forces at work that's trying to destroy the reputation of our church. They're attacking its leaders, and they're attacking the people who come here. And I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. You said every tongue that rises against us in judgment, you shall condemn. We don't have to do it. You do it. So we'll not speak anything against anybody other than we just give you our case, Lord Jesus. Protect this wonderful church and protect our people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to remind you before you leave today that uh, we have offering buckets at the door. We're not allowed to pass the buckets, but we have uh, offering buckets at the door. Thank you for being a blessing to your church. We're only able to minister because of your generosity. God bless. Have a great week. We're here if you need us all week long.